Welcome, Nexus Church family online to our Christmas series we titled Nativity. Now, Christmas, when you think of Christmas, what do you think of? Maybe some think of a day, but really, Christmas is more than just a day or another time on the calendar that we've set aside to celebrate. It's a, it's a season. We call it sometimes the holiday season, but really it's the Christmas season. It's a time of anticipation. We anticipate and count down the days until Christmas. We get the presents wrapped and put it under the tree. We put up decorations. We go around caroling. We have special productions at schools and in, in different places around the community where we gather in anticipation for that special day where we gather together with family and we celebrate a gift, an ultimate gift that was given for us. Now in the times of the first century Judaism, we see the same anticipation. You see, in the first century, we read of countless accounts of those who were waiting and believing for the Messiah to come. Now, the Messiah, if you don't know what that means, it simply means that it was the chosen one, the one that would redeem or save Israel, their deliverer from all that this world had against them. All the world was against Israel, but they knew and they waited and they anticipated that Messiah to save them from all those who were going against them, oppressing them. And for years, they waited. For centuries, they waited for that promise to be fulfilled that was written throughout the scriptures, their chosen writings, their holy writings. And then, one day, we read of their Messiah, their chosen one, their deliverer, their savior, came to earth through a, a teenager, an unwed, and today we will read of this, this account of God being sent to this teenager. As they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and it seemed as if God wasn't going to deliver them. He wasn't going to send that Messiah, that chosen one. God showed up. And in Luke chapter 1, verses 28 through 38, we read, The angel went to this teenager, that is Mary, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord 
God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So much in that little section of scripture. And today I'm going to just look at three of the most powerful statements that we read in that section that will reveal to us God's heart for you. And I. God's heart for you and I. And the first one that I found fascinating was you have found favor. That is in verse 29. You have found favor. This this qualifier is, is where the entire conversation comes in. It is that Mary found favor favor with God. Everything, everything in this conversation is based on that qualifier. You have found favor. Now understand, when we think of favor, it might be different than what this statement is, right? What do you think of when you think of favor, right? It's it's when someone does you something good for you, right? They do a favor for you is what we say. And so maybe it's they help you move furniture. That's giving you a favor. It could be covering for you at work. That's a favor for you. Or they gave you a ride or helped you out in a tough situation. Whatever it is, somebody showed a favor towards you. They gave you something, whether it was time, money, or their talent. They gave something to you when something does something nice for you that you didn't expect. Now, favor isn't always necessarily a good thing, right? It it doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect for you. For Mary, this favor that God saw in her didn't really lead her towards something that she wanted, if you will. Like when God says, I see favor in you. I want to do something amazing through you. It had some things tied to it that so many people would have run from. Her circumstances that came from her favor meant a lot of things. For her, she was a poor, now pregnant teenager. Think about that. In that time, women were at the bottom, poor were at the bottom, and now she's a pregnant teenager. This literally meant that she would be killed. 
There was no way around it. She would be killed if she was found out to be pregnant. And how do you hide that? It's impossible to hide the fact that, hey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I'm not yet married to the one I'm engaged to. Like, there was a year where she could not have sex with her committed to husband that was Joseph. She was guaranteed death. So how in the world could the angel say that she had found favor? Where does that, where does that line up with us? Usually favor means a good thing. If I find favor with somebody, that means that it's a good thing, that I'm going to bless you. Yes, the ultimate favor in this story is in the end. And what I want to point out to you today, that when you find favor with God, when he sees you, it's not something you've earned. And it doesn't always mean it's going to be a perfect road, a fairy tale for you. When God shines his favor down on you, that means that, yes, you will be protected. Yes, you'll be provided for. But it doesn't mean that everything is going to be given to you the way you think it should. It's not Americanized. It could mean your death. It could mean living in an unwelcome circumstance that you don't like. But what does it mean? It means that you have the Holy Spirit with you. He will empower you. He'll watch over you. He'll make sure that you will be surrounded by his presence. See, favor isn't always what we think it should be. And so even if your circumstances seem unbearable, God's favor will surround you. What we have to understand, and if you are in America or Canada or in some wealthy country around this world, we have to come to grips with, do we want God's favor and maybe not the best circumstances? Or do we want to step outside of God's favor and have all the amenities that we want, the nice cars, the nice homes? The 401ks, the retirement, our kids having all of the things provided for them that we could ever want. Do we want to provide for our kids? Yes. But does that mean that they're always going to be living in circumstances that are Americanized? God's favor, his hands around us, his Holy Spirit empowering us. The fruits of that spirit being love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. All those things that are characteristics of a follower of Christ go with us as we have God's favor, his blessings, his anointing. So we have to wrestle with that. Just like Mary, she had to wrestle with it. Am I going to go forward in God's favor or am I going to live in my Americanized version of what it calls us to be in Christ. So the first statement, you have found favor. The second statement, nothing is impossible for God. Verse 37, nothing is impossible for God. See, Luke speaks of two supernatural pregnancies, not just one. The angel points out the fact that Elizabeth was pregnant 
And it's proof that God can do anything. Why? Why was that so powerful? Well, Elizabeth, as we know from previous story in another gospel account, was physically impossible to have a child because she was past age. It was impossible. And now Mary's virgin birth is come upon. It's like, if that was possible in an impossible circumstance, how cannot God miraculously make a child be born inside of a woman who's a virgin? If God can make the, the, the womb give birth in an age that's impossible, he can do it from a place where a lady has not had the ability to conceive. He can give birth any way he chooses. And so when we look at this, Mary's virgin birth was so much bigger than a Christmas story. It is a picture of God doing the impossible in improbable circumstances. It just continues to unfold as the gospel unfolds. God doing the impossible in improbable circumstances. And what God did with Mary and Elizabeth, he can do in you as well. See, that's the beauty of going forward in God's favor. Though you are walking through difficult times and following God and giving up so much to live for him, he does the impossible. When you don't provide all the things that you had wanted for your family because you chose to walk in what God called you to, maybe that's turning away from a lucrative job and going down the walk of a ministry, saying, I'm giving up so much to follow God. He provides for you and your family. He helps them to have things that you couldn't provide, but you could have if you would have kept going down that road of the business. He does the impossible. He provides. He will care for your family. And so this holiday season, do you desire for harmony in your family? It's plagued with conflict, and you can't get along, and maybe you have loved ones who don't know Jesus. Pray and ask God to do the impossible. Maybe you lack peace in your mind. You're full of doubts and concerns and fears, maybe burnout, maybe anger. Maybe you're addicted. Ask God for the impossible and see what God does. Maybe you have a disease that's incurable. Ask God to do the impossible. Again, God may not move in the way that you ask, but he will move in what glorifies him, what gives him the glory. His purpose is far greater than your preference. His purpose is far greater than your preference. So invite God into your circumstance. Just pour it out to him. Let him know where your heart is. He desires for you to communicate that to him. He knows, yes. But when you pour it out to him, it reveals your heart and your desire for him to be a part of that place in your life. And watch what he does. He will show up and he will show off. He always does. So statement number one, you have found favor. Statement number two, nothing is impossible for God. And let's now look at Mary's response. Statement number three, I am the Lord's servant. 
verse 38. You see, God only requires one thing from you today. All he requires is that you be willing. He desires your heart. Humble yourself before him. Surrender yourself to his power. See what he can do. God moves when we move out of the way. God moves when we move out of the way and we follow him. Mary chose to surrender to God. Think of how scary that was. Think of that. Put yourself in that situation. Like when you said yes to God, you were guaranteed death. Like there is no way out of it. That was the way it was in that culture. It was a guarantee. But she trusted God and she said yes. I would have resisted. She could have resisted. I would have questioned. She could have, re she could have questioned. She could have kept quiet. She could have ran away. She could have ignored it. What is God asking you to do? What is he asking you to do? What have you read in scriptures that you have been running from? Say yes to God. Be willing to serve and allow God to pave the way which he sees. Authentic servants don't use God to get their way. Hear that again. Authentic servants don't use God to get their way. Mary's a beautiful picture of that. They let God get his way. So will you be like Mary today? Will you trust God? Will you be willing, be open to do whatever he asks? Whatever your assignment is, will you serve? Whether it's at the top or at the bottom, we're all in the same field. We're servants of Jesus. So as we come to a close today and we reflect, remember, Mary, Said yes to God. She watched him perform countless miracles because she said yes. She also watched him suffer and ultimately be brutally sacrificed on the cross. But in the end, what did she get to see? She got to see him come to life bring salvation for all who would receive it. Her simple yes. That sacrifice of saying, I may die, but it's worth it. She saw it all. She got to see it come to full restoration when Jesus came back to life and broke all the bonds and did way more than what the Jewish people ever thought the Messiah would be. Restore mankind to God forever in union with him. Man. And all that was possible because of God's favor over not just her, but over all of us. It happened because God invites you and I 
to the impossible. And it all happens because you and I have a servant's heart that says yes to God. This Christmas, you give your heart to God. Would you bow your knee to him, surrender your life to him, and say, there is no other way for me to be right with God but through Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one comes to God the Father except through him. He destroyed the chains of sin over your life and my life. If we bow our knee and say, he is our Savior, he forgives me, he makes the way. He's the chosen one. He's delivered me. And I make him my Lord. I give him my life. He is in control. Will you do that this Christmas? He is the perfect gift that you could never earn. His favor is over you. He does the impossible. And he asks us to be willing to follow him. Will you do that? Will you follow him today and every day? Bow your knee to him. You will find victory on the other side of surrender. Father, I pray for every person listening today that they first have given you their life. And then, Father, that every day from here on out, that they wake up and they say, God, my life is yours today. Do with it as you will. I am open to your leading. God, make that my heart every day to surrender it to you. It's not just a one-time deal. It's an everyday deal. May we all do that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week, Nexus Church family. And we will be back again next week as we see part two of this nativity scene. See you then.